The key is you want to engage the prospect after the call by playing back to them exactly what they shared with you. Now, whether you do this via an email, whether it be by way of a voicemail, whether it be by way of a video, big view, it doesn't matter. But you play back to them exactly what you heard. And you're using the magic word. Opinion is the magic word. The Video Presenter Show, show what you know, learn from experts how to transform words into great video presentations. The Video Presenter Show. Hello, welcome to the Video Presenter Show by BigView. We are here to help you transform words into impact by being the best presenter you can be. Learn valuable tips and tricks from public speakers and experts in communication, how to get your messages across more efficiently. Receive advice on everything from storytelling to social media marketing. It's time to take your presentations to the next level. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's great. My name is Mark Hunter. I'm known as the Sales Hunter. We're going to talk about really the intersection of marketing and sales. And whether or not you're using Big View or not, I'm going to give you ideas that you can use. And I think I may just entice you to be using Big View even more. Now, what I like is I'm just going to be presenting from a few slides behind me. I don't have many slides. I'm really known to talk versus have slides. But, you know, I'm going to share some ideas from a few of my books here. I'm going to share some ideas from my online training program. But most of all, we're talking about how to get and engage prospects. And there are three big challenges that I hear all the time. This is what I hear. And, and my work is all around prospecting. My goal is how do you help and find and retain better prospects that you can close at full price? Now, you have to agree, that's probably what you want. Here's the challenge. And there's a lot of different ways that we could run down in this, in this session, but I've picked really the three main questions. But I'm going to set it up first by asking you this question. Do you know who your ideal customer? When I mean ideal customer, not the person who responds, but the person who buys from you, not the person who downloads an ebook from your website or not the person who watches the video, but the person who buys from you. Knowing your ICP, your ideal customer profile is absolutely essential. And one of the things that I challenge, and this again is the intersection between marketing and sales. Marketing is all about getting the eyeballs. And I want marketing to get the eyeballs. This is one of the great things that Big View does because of the video capabilities. This is one of the things. It's a noisy world out there. So you have to find a way to break through. But here's the challenge. If we don't pull them in, if we don't pull them in, and actually are able to engage with them and get them to ultimately buy from me, then really, what have I been doing? So let's jump into the three questions that I'm going to answer here for you. And I set this up by asking you this question. Are you a rain barrel or are you a rain maker? Now, I want you to be very serious about this. And I want you to think, where does your business come from? Does your business come to you? Or do you go to your business? And I'm not talking about getting in a car or getting on the subway, coming. You know, no, I'm talking about does it come because of something that you're doing on the internet or your existing customers or whatever? In other words, that's rain barrel. Now, rain barrel business is great. There's nothing wrong with rain barrels because rain barrels do a great job of collecting the rainwater. But if you looked at a rain barrel, it only collects that rainwater that's directly overhead. And if it's not overhead, it doesn't get it. What I want to do is I want to be a rain maker. 
That's where my value is created. Now, what is a rainmaker? A rainmaker is a person who creates incremental. That's what you want. You want to create incremental business. You see, and whether it be for marketing or sales, that's what it's all about. You see, what I want to do is I want to have my marketing efforts to be so powerful, so powerful that it pulls people in. I want to have my sales efforts be so powerful that it pulls people in. But in order to do that, I have to be a rainmaker, which means my content, my messaging has to be focused on them. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about them. So how do I get this? And in this absolute crazy world that we're in right now, you know, before we went live, we were talking about, you know, you know, we're kind of bit, not post pandemic, but we're getting there. And there's a lot of industries that are on fire. A lot of industries that are taking off and the economy really in many, many countries around the world is doing very, very well. And it's continuing to explode. But the question you have to ask yourself is this. What are people focused on? Because things are moving so fast, here's what I found. People are only focused on their number one and number two priorities. We can have a great solution. We can have an absolutely fantastic idea for you. And it's great. But if it's not one of my top two priorities that I need to deal with, I'm just not going to get to it. I'll share with you an example. I watched a video just the other day. And man, it's a great software. My company could really use it. My, I know my company could use it. But it just doesn't fit. It fits, but it doesn't fit the timing. You see, I have to keep my people, my company focused on our number one and number two priorities. You see, so this is the challenge. We have to ask ourselves, what do we have to be doing? How do I get a prospect to return it home? And I can rephrase it. How do I get a prospect to even engage with me? How do I get them? You see, what I have to ask myself is, is my content centered around three particular things? Is it time sensitive? And I'll blow each one of these apart here in a second. Is it time sensitive? Two, is it engaging to them? And three, is it about their industry where their interests are at? Now, let's break down each one of those three. Time. This is not one of those, oh, call me by, by, 12 midnight or the offer ends. No, I'm not talking that. What I'm talking about is timing from a relative standpoint to what they're concerned on right now, what they are dealing with right now. For instance, many, many industries, depending on where you are in the world, depending, you may, you may have supply chain issues. And that's a timing piece because you're not able to get enough, enough supplies to, for you to manufacture. You may have a shipping issue. See, these are timing issues that also lend themselves to you, your problem, you know, and your industry. You see, that's the trifecta. When my messaging, when my messaging can be relevant to your critical concerns, then you're going to want to engage with me. You're going to want to return the call. When I tell people, I say, okay, what should my marketing campaign be? My marketing campaign needs to be hyper-focused, hyper-today. We've always had kind of a feeling of making it evergreen. Now, what does evergreen mean? That means it's going to be good forever. It's going to be good for several years. And in this hypercharged environment that we're in right now, it has to be in the moment right now. And it has to be very, very targeted. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example from a sales standpoint. I was working with a salesperson the other day. And this salesperson has about 500 past clients that he's worked with. 
over the last six, seven, eight years, 500. Most of them, he's unfortunately lost contact with. And of those 500 clients, he had about 1,500 emails, 1,500 names. And I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go after those 1,500 people. Now, a lot of these people he had never talked to, he had not talked to in months, in years. So what we did was we created a series of four emails, hypersensitive to a very specific service, very specific need that these people almost always have. I mean, a very hyper, hyper, hypersensitive, hypertight. We crafted, actually it was four emails, and we sent out the first one the other day. And the subject line is zeroed in on that. The first sentence is zeroed in on that. And this is only like a three-sentence email. That's it. That's it. Out of that, now we did find about 200 emails that don't go anywhere. Okay, those are people who left the company. That's fine. But he has already arranged, because I asked him last night, I said, I'm doing this session and I need to know. He's already arranged eight follow-up meetings based off of that email blast that went out on Tuesday. So here was, he sent the email blast out on Tuesday and he's already got eight meetings scheduled. That's huge, powerful. And I said, okay, now how did you do that? He said, well, because they reached back out to me. He hasn't even begun his follow-up telephone campaign, which we're going to be putting in place after email three and four. You see, what I'm talking about is it's hyper-targeted. The email, the messaging, was time-sensitive, focused on them and their industry. You see, the era of being broad is gone. It's gone. you got to get tight. So as you think about your messaging, I want you to be asking yourself, how tight is it? Now, some of you might be saying, hold it, hold it, hold it. How do I know that's going to be something relevant to them? That's why you put out multiple messages. You see, we have a four-email campaign built around this particular hypersensitive message. And we're going to judge those results after that, and then we're going to put in place another campaign on another hypersensitive issue. So there may be people who don't on this one, but they'll respond to something else. You see what I'm doing? What I'm asking myself are these three questions. And it's all wrapped around hyper. One, timing. Is it something relative today? Two, does it match themselves? I mean, is it focused on them? Is it going to be of their interest? And three, is it of their industry? Now, to a certain degree, themselves and the industry are kind of one and the same. But I keep them apart for this key reason, because you got to be careful that in trying to focus to themselves, that you leave out the industry. So that's why I break that. So this is absolutely key. But what I found is this is how you get a prospect. Let's go to the next question. How do I engage the prospect after the call and avoid radio silence? Oh, we've all been there, right? We have all had this situation where we may get an inquiry, and I'm going to challenge the salesperson who I'm working with on this particular project. You know, okay, these people said they'd set up a meeting. How many actually showed up for the meeting? And what's that been? Because again, oh, it's easy that initial contact, but then the radio silence, it falls off. Now, why does it become radio silence? You have to stop and ask yourself a question. Becomes radio silence because the person either has gathered enough information for them to make a decision and they know that they don't need you. Two, it's not a high enough priority for them. Or three, they just don't have a clue where you're coming from, and so they just tune you out. It's really going to be one of those three. 
right? Think about that. So how do you do this? How do you do this? The key is you want to engage the prospect after the call by playing back to them exactly what they shared with you. Now, whether you do this via an email, whether it be by way of a voicemail, whether it be by way of a video, big view, it doesn't matter. But you play back to them exactly what you heard. And you're using the magic word. Opinion is the magic word right now. You've talked to somebody or you've responded to somebody. And and they now want to hear your opinion. They want to know your opinion. How does that make you feel? That makes you feel good. Oh, that makes you feel great. That makes you feel, yes, yes, yes. They actually care. If you share with somebody something and then they call you back up and they say, and they leave you a voicemail. Hey, you shared in the call. You asked this. And let me get your opinion as to really understand that more. Or you ask them their opinion based upon another question relative to this hypersensitive issue. But I love, I love this whole opinion piece. Now, what am I getting to here? I'm engaging you. You see, people go radio silence because there's no reason to get back in touch with you. The other technique that I love to do in terms of how do I engage after the call is I'm going to send them a three-part survey. Three-part survey. Oh, it doesn't have no, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just send them an email. Hey, love to get your opinion on one, two, or three. Which one do you think is most relevant? You make it easy for them to engage with you. You make it easy for them to respond. You may have a big view video that to close the video, it asks, it says, hey, this question, and you pose three answers. Love to get your opinion as to which answer you think is most relevant. You see, you create a reason for them to get back to you. And I have found that asking them for their opinion is very, very key. Now, one of the easiest techniques that I love doing is we'll say that I've had a call with you. We'll say I've had a conversation with you. It's been great. And I want to keep you engaged. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a quick link to a video. Or I might send you a video. Say, hey, love to help. Help me understand if this is resonating with the issue you have. Share with me how this plays out in your business. You ask them, you ask them to engage with you. And here's what I found. Short questions get you long answers. Long questions get you short answers. Now stop and think about that. How many times have you had a salesperson sharing with you? And they're talking, 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 like salespeople do. And what happens is, oh, I got to ask a question. So then they frame a question, but they want to look brilliant. So they make this big, complicated question. And then you look at them and go, huh? I see this on demo calls a lot. What I want to do is I want to ask short questions. Because see, what happens is when the salesperson sits there and gives that long, complicated answer, they get done and the customer looks at them and go, they have no clue. They have no clue. They go, no. Because they really don't know what they were asking. So what I found is I want to ask short questions. What's your opinion? Tell me more. Give me an example. Share with me how this would play out in your company. What I love is I love asking short questions that get them to explain more. Can you put that into the end of a video? You bet you can. You bet you can. And it's inviting them to get back in touch. You see, if I give you a compelling enough of a reason, you won't go radio silent on me. And I can't have you go radio silent on me because 
if you do, I'm not really going to know if what I'm talking about is one of your top two priorities. I'm not really going to know if you really do have a critical need for what I have. So I do have to engage with you. We have to crack the code on radio silence. Let's go to question number three. What is the most impactful call to action? Here's a question you have to ask yourself. Am I educating or converting? Whoa, where do you go with that one? Here's what I mean. Some of you are in the business of purely converting. In other words, what you're doing is you're sitting there saying, this is a customer that normally buys, virtually what I sell, you are buying from somebody else. That's converting. Others of you are selling something where the customer is really not familiar with it. And that's now more educating. And that's a big difference in terms of your marketing and selling strategy. Big difference. And you really have to understand them both. Now, you may have customers who are existing customers. Okay, so I can take a little shorter timeline from that, maybe a little similar to like converting because you're really trying to keep them engaged. But you have other customers over here which are really prospects. They don't know what you are. Yeah. You see, what I have to do is I have different messaging based on different segments. And go back to what I talked about right up front, ICP, your ideal customer profile. Whoa. You now have to ask yourself this question. Is my call to action targeted to this specific ICP? You see, the CTA must match the ICP or we don't get to go anywhere. So what is the most impactful CTA? The most impactful CTA is this. Unless I have a short sales cycle, in other words, it is something very simple and you really are closing the sale. What you're attempting to do is just move the call to the next step. That's what your objective is. You are moving to the next step. That's it. Don't overcomplicate it. What happens to me times in call to actions? It either becomes not clear or it's overcomplicated. And if it's overcomplicated, it's not clear. Just think about that. So my best call to action is very simply this. Let's get a time set up so we can share more. We can discuss this issue further. Now, I love this because it's not present to you, give you. No, it's, it's so we can discuss. I love the magic. So we can discuss. We can share. So we can talk about your issue. You see, again, in the call to action, I want to frame it up as I'm helping you. It's not me doing a data dump, doing an info dump. No, I'm, I'm engaging with you. I'm going to assume I'm going to get the sale. I always have that philosophy. I assume the philosophy because I'm going to be able to engage with you and hear where you're coming from. Now, stop and ask yourself this question in terms of marketing materials that you put out. Do your marketing materials engage? Do they engage? Or do they purely inform? And again, this is a very critical piece that you just have to stop and ask yourself. So let's come back and what's the most impactful CTA? If I'm on the phone with you, how's your calendar look for tomorrow at 10 a.m.? Now, you notice I didn't say next week. I said tomorrow. One of the things that COVID has taught us is timelines are shorter than ever. Never sit there and say, what's your calendar look like over the next couple of weeks? That is fail. That is a big, fat mistake. What I want to do is I want to say, hey, if I'm calling somebody in the morning and they don't have time to talk with me right now, I'm going to say, hey, what's your calendar look like this afternoon? And I'm going to be very specific about a time I recommend. If they say they're busy, then I come back and I say, hey, how does 10 a.m. tomorrow morning look? I always give them two specific times before I drop back and I say, okay, what's the time that works on your calendar for tomorrow? And again, I'm not saying the time, but I'm saying tomorrow. I'm trying to keep them thinking short. Now, 
they might sit there and say, well, you know, I really don't have time to meet. Why don't you just send me some materials? My response to that is this. I really could, but you know what? I'd probably just be wasting your time because I don't know exactly what to say. That's why I really want to get some time with you because I got three questions for you. And you know what happens when I say three questions? Sometimes they'll say, well, you know, I got a few minutes right now. Let's just talk right now. So guess what? I turn my request for a CTA into immediate conversation. Now, I got to make sure that I'm ready with my three questions, but I found the magic is three. The magic is three. And here's why. If you sit there and say, I have 10 questions, one question, I can't really get enough. I want to ask three questions. Here's the key. You really only have one or two questions. That's it. You really only have because I want to save room to be able to ask you a follow-up question that you just shared with me. Now, what am I doing here? When I sit here and I'm able to ask you a question and you respond, hey, so could you explain that? Could you give me some more insight on that? What you mean by that? Could you give me another example? And you notice how I'm saying that? I'm saying that because I listen and I want to know more. And that counts as one of my three questions. They may share with me someone else and I'm going to ask them again a question about that. Now, what have I done? I've hooked them. I have hooked them. Yeah. And I guarantee it. You do that strategy. And now guess what? Now they'll sit there. They'll make time on their calendar for you. They will make time on their calendar for you. But what you do not want, a CTA is not, oh, I'll send you some information and you'll get back to me. That will never happen. You know that. We all know that. But I see new salespeople falling for that all the time. I never, ever, ever. It is not that difficult. But you have to be game on to engage. And this, again, is another piece you have to keep in mind. I can sit here. I can sit here. And I can be gunning for the CTA. My CTA is this. I want to meet with you again so we can discuss this further. But I've always got to have my drop back in mind. And that's the three questions. Remember, it's only one. Thank you, Terry, for chiming in with that. The magic is three. You bet it is the magic. Thank you, Terry. Hey, here's something else that I want you to think about. So you get a CTA, and that's great. They're going to get back together. But now they go radio silent on you. Now I'm going to blend this third question with this second question. Here's why. Because they put the time on the calendar, and then they go, ah, really don't need to meet with them. Here's where the magic comes. Here's where the magic happens. When you send out the meeting invite, when you send out the meeting invite to them, okay, I want you to put in the description, I want you to put in something that they shared with you. Something word for word, specifically what they shared with you. Because now this is, they listen. They actually listen to me. And I'm going to say, I'm going to be anxious to get more insights on that from you. And I'm going to share with you, boom, boom, boom. And you go ahead and list out additional questions that you want to ask or additional things you're going to share. You see, what happens many times is they get the invite and then something comes up the next day and they you know what, I, I'm not quite sure who this, and, and they blow off the meeting. This is especially critical if when you set the meeting, it's set up for a week or so later, just due to the only time calendar. You have to remain relevant to them. One final piece, and I'm going to open it up for Q&A here. If you have to wait a week or two before the meeting, you had better make sure that you send them a follow-up email, a follow-up video, a follow-up message of some sort with, hey, we just found out from working with some other companies similar to yours. Here's some additional, you know, here's, you know not revealing proprietary information, but I'm demonstrating to them that I'm an industry expert. Ooh, plays back to that first piece I shared with you. 
terms of how do you get a prospect to return the call because it's industry choice. See what we're talking about here? It really isn't a difficult process. It really isn't. One final piece is this. Whatever medium you're using, do not expect to have unbelievable 1,000% results. Remember the gentleman I started off the session telling you about? He sent out 1,500 emails and he's got eight appointments. Now, run that number, and it's not a very high percentage. No, it's not a very high percentage. But he's a static, I'm a static. You have to remember to set your goals accordingly. I was on the phone this morning doing a Zoom call, doing a coaching call with a company in Europe. And they're excited because they're getting 1.5% results. Yeah. See, it's noisy out. Is this a reason to take your foot off the gas pedal? No. It's a reason to accelerate even harder. But, 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 you have to be hyper-focused. And it comes back to knowing your ICP. One final piece, then I'll shut up. Your ICP. How do I know who your ICP is? What you do is you look at your existing customers. What do they look? What were the outcomes that you helped them with? How would you sold them the outcomes you helped them with? There's a whole series of tools on that that you can get. But here's what it comes down to. Your messaging has to be around hypersensitive issues. And in one of those, they will ultimately engage. That's where you zero in on. Marketing, my message to marketing, get focused. Get focused. It played out well with a CRO I was talking to a couple of hours ago. CRO, when I first began working with him a year ago, their company was broad and general. They were trying to service every industry. This morning, he shared with me that they are just zeroed in on four industries. And that's it. And this is a CRO, Chief Revenue Officer of a good-sized SaaS company. Think about that. Get focused. The Video Presenter Show is an interactive space for entrepreneurs, business owners, marketers, and anyone who wants to improve their presentation skills. Big View is your TV studio in your pocket. The Video Presenter Show. Show what you know, learn from experts, how to transform words into great video presentations, the video presenter show.